Hi guys, welcome to season one of the To All The People podcast. This is your host, writer and best-selling author of To All The People I Love Before Loving Me, Janelle Roberts. I am so excited to have you here. Now, season one is all about being an FOD, and I know you're wondering, what is an FOD? So I'm here to tell you, FOD is a term coined by well-renowned writer, producer, and global icon, Shonda Rhyme. FOD means being the first, the only, and different, and I'm here to shine a light on the burdens of others and the cost that often comes with being the first, the only, and different. So be on the lookout for the 23-year-old politician on the front lines of the Roe v. Wade or the young black woman working on Wall Street or the influencer landing six-figure deals while discussing surviving white spaces and attending a predominantly white institution. This is your host, Janelle. And let's get right into it. Hi guys, this is your host Janelle Roberts from the To All The People podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. Today we are doing journal entry number three. Now this one might be a little bit shorter than some of the ones that we've done, but I really, really, really wanted to talk about understanding your zone of genius as a multi-hyphenate creator. I know that was, that was a lot. That was definitely a mouthful. I want to talk about who you are long before social media and before society shaped you into who you are. Um, Where do you stem from? What has morphed you into who you are? When we think about the trauma and we think about all of these factors, when we think about life-altering events, when we think about injuries, when we think about being told no to our dream college, when we think about losing a parent, losing a family member, there are a lot of experiences that can change us as human beings, whether you want to believe it or not. And the worst thing to be as a human is in denial about your circumstances and where you are in life. The question is, what is that thing that makes you you? What is that thing that you stay up all night thinking about? What is that thing that you're dreaming about? What is that thing that is pondering on your mind? What is that thing that you are obsessed with? What is that thing that you could do for free for the rest of your life? That is your passion. That is understanding your passion. Now, if you're like me, it might be be a f- multitude of things. You know, you might be a multifaceted creator, and I know that that's such a big word choice. But being a multifaceted or multi-hyphenated person is basically being a jack of all trades. When you see a lot of these like freelance creators and stuff, um, they're doing a lot of different things. You know, and sometimes it's really hard to dial down on what exactly that career field is. And if you're looking for the right word for it, it's called being a multi-hyphenated creator. It's a term that I learned from. A Elaine Walter Roth. So I'm going to give my ode to joy to, to homegirl Elaine Walter Roth because that term completely changed my life. We're going to get into that. You might be filmed to the brim with so many ideas and not really fully understanding how to answer, execute it. Trying to understand what that means will definitely take some time. For me, for instance, I am someone that is all over the place half the time. I'm all over the goddamn place. I can't even lie. Like, I'm all over the place. I love writing. I love creating. I love fashion. I love psychology. I love acting. I like a lot of different things. I'm, I podcast. I'm an author. There's just so much going on. And sometimes when people ask me, what do I do for a living? My response has to be my best because it's too many things that I do. There's too many things that I do. Even when I'm on social media and I'm on TikTok, people are like, what do you do for a living? It's just like we're going to be here all day if I have to sit here and explain it. So 
I needed to figure out a way to mesh this all into one. The question is, how can you make all of these dreams come true without feeling overwhelmed? That is something that I'm still trying to understand and still trying to navigate. And I thought this podcast would be the perfect way to highlight on all of these things that shape us and make us who we are. I want to break down this stigma that people aren't allowed to do everything that they want to do. Now, don't get me wrong. It's different to hop on a new wave or to hop on a new trend or to to just follow someone else's thing because you heard them say it. I'm talking about that deep-rooted passion, that deep-rooted thing that you want to do. There are a lot of people that, you know, they're they're lawyers, but they also care about psychology. Those two go hand in hand. There are also lawyers that like fashion. You can be a fashionable lawyer who loves psychology. That goes hand in hand. It is about branding yourself, raising awareness around yourself, and making sure all of those dreams that you are that you are you know capitalizing on all those dreams that you want to come true, all those things that you are aiming for, they all have to some way tie together, link together. But we have to find balance, and the center of finding that balance is you. Let's get into it. Imposter syndrome sounds exactly like it is. It is a belief that you are an imposter in your own life. An imposter in your own life. Think of someone just breaking and entering into your home. It's your home. You live there. Do you walk home every single day and say, oh my God, whose crib is this? No, it's your home. So you have to remove this belief that you are an imposter. You pay the rent for it. You live there. You put the furniture in it. You know what I mean? That's your home. The, the, the fridge and the food is the food and the fridge is yours. That's your home. That's your home. That's that's your stable thing. That that is what makes you you. So you have to remove the belief that you aren't good enough to be where you are, because what's the point of working hard and what's the point of trying to achieve a goal? And what's the point of of even existing in life if you are going to continue to be an imposter in it? Those dreams are in you for a reason. And if you don't follow those dreams, you're going to spend the rest of your life miserable, the rest of your life unhappy. And don't get me wrong, dreams do change over time. Things do change with age, and that's totally fine. I've spent years struggling with imposter syndrome. I even went as far as to push myself into work careers, countless jobs, applying for countless jobs, that I had no business being in. I would get denied left and right. I would I would be turned down left and right knowing that I'm overqualified for something, knowing that I'm good enough for something, but God's timing will always prevail. If it is not for you, then it's not for you. And sometimes a no actually means not right now. So if you're applying for that modeling agency and you want to model, don't think about it as like, okay, they don't want me. It could be just not right now. Right now is not the time. Right now I want to make you mentally stronger. Right now, I want to, you know, make you more confident in yourself. Right now, I want you to be in a good place because whoever is managing that modeling agency, I don't want them overseeing and overlooking you. You have to take some of these negatives and turn them into a positive and a positive belief that sometimes the timing is not correlated and sometimes the timing is not right. And I will say countless times on this podcast that you have to understand that 
everything that is happening is aligning you up to who you are and and where you want to go. And if you're not being turned down and if you're not being told no, then you're not trying hard enough. I don't know a single successful person that had yeses immediately unless they, you know, came from generational wealth or unless they knew someone who knew someone. You know what I mean? So if you are an FOG, if you are a first gen, if you're the only one different in the room, you are going to hear a lot of no's in your life. And if you're not hearing enough no's, then you're probably not even trying. So there's that. I started to compare myself and my worth to other people. And I started to compare myself to people I knew that got jobs at Time. I always wanted to work for Time Magazine. Come on, who doesn't? I started comparing myself to people that got great news reporting jobs. I wanted to be a news reporter. Um, I literally remember just saying, hey, I want to go to college at one of the best um, broadcast journalism schools in America. And I, you know, took a year off. I went to community college. I maintained a high GPA and then I got into that school. And I was aligning myself with things that I saw other people. And I think sometimes it's really hard to not do that when you don't really have like any examples in front of you. And I think that is something that really, really, really and truly makes it very, very difficult to understand your calling, especially if you grew up in an environment where your dreams and your aspirations weren't necessarily respected. Um, I hear this a lot with a lot of first generation kids um, with parents from different countries and they come here a lot of times that, you know, that dream, that fulfillment and that dream of, of, of being um, a writer or being an actor, it's a, it's an instant no. It's an instant no. You know, you have three choices. It's either be a doctor, it's either be a lawyer or a pharmacist, something like that. I remember feeling so overwhelmed by my dreams and sinking into this depression whenever I think about depression there are so many external factors that are contributing to this feeling you know you don't immediately get depressed because someone else someone just says one thing to you there are a lot of outside factors that could play into that and depression is is such a complex thing but a lot of times when we feel it it's because we truly believe and we truly know that we aren't enough and in those feelings of belief that we aren't enough we almost feel like there is no way to escape that and whew, it's just it's a whole other thing it wasn't until I watched Elaine Welteroth's masterclass. I'm going to keep hinting to her because she doesn't know who I am and that's perfectly fine. I still love me some Elaine Welteroth. This woman completely changed my life. I kid you not. I read her book more than enough and then I saw that she had a masterclass and I wasn't really into the masterclass, but I literally downloaded it immediately. Like I kid you not, immediately after I read her book and as soon as I saw that she was coming out with something. Elaine Walteroth discusses understanding your zone of genius. Understanding your zone of genius. Wow, what a bar. My life completely changed. Elaine is the first black editor of Teen Vogue, and she spent years of her life cultivating her, her calling. She's a fashion icon. She's a leader. She's a philanthropist. She's a writer. She's a host. Just to name a few, Elaine is a multi-hyphenated queen, and I had no idea what that was until I heard her story and her coined that term. I recall putting multi-hyphenated in my bio a couple of years um, a couple of years ago and I had it carried out and then I saw a lot of other creators putting that in and I just kind of wanted to know if they knew what that meant um, because the term was single-handedly coined by a woman of color and a black woman and I was like wow you know what I mean wow so we got to give respect where it's due 
this bewildering belief. I remember I used to self-diagnose myself and be like, God dang, Janelle, you always got so many things running in your head. You want to do this. You want to do that. You, you, you want to have an earring line. You want to do podcasts. You want to be an author. You want to do all of these things. You want to help people. You want to do all this stuff. I literally started thinking, what if I have ADD? Like, I kid you not, what if I have ADD? And all of these other things came down to the fact that I was multi-hyphenated and no one had ever explained what that looked like to me. As a multi-hyphenated person, your mind is oftentimes moving a mile a minute. And when you are that, it is important to understand your zone of genius. One thing that stood out to me in this masterclass that I watched with Elaine Walteroth, and I completely, I recommend every woman, every person trying to figure out who they are and their calling to watch it. Literally, it changed my life. The things that she asked were, what is the thing that you could do for free if you could? Think about it. Hold on to that thought and think about it. What is that thing that you could do for free? That is your passion. That's what she said. And when I thought about that thing that I could do for free for the rest of my life, oh, I would write. Listen, I would write books. If I could just duck off and just write books for free, and not have to worry about life and paying bills and all these other factors, I would write. So I'm a writer. That, that's, that's the center of who I am. It's that thing that, that lights you up inside, the thing that makes you you. That is your passion. What are the skills you have to learn to cultivate your journey? And that comes into play when we ask that question is, the skills that you've had and the skills and the things that you've had to learn to cultivate who you are and where you are, you have to take into consideration all of the experiences, the good ones and even the traumatic ones. All of these things have shaped you into the person that you are. And as I've said multiple times, you cannot exist on this planet, on this earth, as a Hispanic person, a black person, an Asian person, a white person, or an Indian person without experiencing some form of traumatic experience or something something in this life that has shaped you into who you are now some some experiences are more extreme than others but there is something that has shaped you as who you are we don't necessarily realize the gifts that we have because we take them for granted and what that means is is that if you are someone that people always say, you're such a great listener, I love talking to you, that is a gift, that is a strength because not everybody is, is, is a great listener. If you are someone that is photogenic, that is a gift in itself. If you are someone that loves to sing and you're an amazing singer, that is a gift in itself. I feel like every person individually has something planted planted in them that makes them who they are whether you're a mathematician whether you're good at 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 solving problems those kinds of things there's something about you something about you that have singly single-handedly been been planted inside of you that makes you who you are Ooh, y'all excuse me i'm stumbling over my words today it's just one of those days another thing that she talked about that really 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 stood out to me is she talks about who were you before they put limitations on you? And she says they. And I think that that term, that four-letter word is just so powerful to me. Who were you before they put limitations on you? 
Who were you before social media told you that you had to be a certain size? Maybe you grew up in this age of social media where that's all you've ever known. Who were you before someone told you that you weren't pretty enough? Who were you before someone said that, you know what, for your size, you can't model? Who were you before these life-altering experiences? To get back to who you were before these things, I've concluded that there is no way. There's no, there's no return back to who you were before. But you kind of remember who you were before. And it is so difficult trying to deprogram yourself from everything that you are seeing all the time. And I go back to this term with Jane Elliott where she says, anything, anything learned can be unlearned. And I think that is just such a powerful statement because you have to figure out who are you before all of these events? What makes you who you are? As we continue to like go deeper into that statement, I think it's very, very, very important to understand setting boundaries when it comes to finding out who you are, cutting off relationships that aren't good with good for you. And I know some of this might sound easier said than done, but removing yourself and setting boundaries. You can set boundaries with family members. You can set boundaries with friendships. You can set boundaries with your own self because sometimes it is hard setting boundaries when you don't even know how to set them yourself. So setting those boundaries is going to be the perfect way for you to to kind of find out who you are and what you like and what you don't like. And it's okay to falter and it's okay to make mistakes. And I bet you're wondering, okay, what if I do achieve this goal and I just don't like it? That's totally fine. Elaine Walter Roth worked her entire life to to work for magazines. She was obsessed, obsessed with magazines. She was obsessed with editorial work. She was obsessed with writing. She was obsessed. And she brought something to Teen Vogue that no one else in all of the years of Teen Vogue or Vogue in general has ever done. She worked this career. She had this good thing for go, good thing going for her. And then she kind of realized and concluded, you know what? This actually ain't for me. And that's okay. Everything in life is a building block. That struggle you're going through right now is a building block. That depression you're experiencing right now is a building block. That leaving a toxic emotional or physically abusive relationship is a building block. Being the first in your family to go to school is a building block. These are all building blocks, and it's about what we do with these experiences. We can either look at them this way or we can look at them that way. Shifting the perspective is something that is incredibly important when it comes to things. Um, I recently had an experience where... I was literally at uh, at my favorite coffee shop that I go to. And when I get in the coffee shop zone of just writing and creating and, and answering emails, I can spend six hours there. So I spend six hours there usually almost every day when I go to the coffee shop. I know it's extreme. And I go to this coffee shop all the time. The one time I came out, there was four boots on my car. Not two, four, four. And I was so pissed. I can't even explain it. I was just like, oh my God, why is this happening? I got somewhere I got to be. I got somewhere I got to go. Um, this is some BS. No one told me this. Despite me knowing that it had a two hour limit, no one had ever showed up to boot my car. And there were a few other cars boot, booted around me. So I was like, okay, they're not just like selecting me. This is, this is everyone. So I waited for the guy to come. I'm on the I'm on the phone with my boyfriend going back and forth. And I'm just like, this is just so annoying. Blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And then I thought to myself, I was like, okay, I can sit here and be pissed. But there are a lot of things that I have. For one, I can pay to get these boots off my car, despite me not wanting that. Two, what if these boots are on my car because God is trying to save me something? 
what if these boots are on my car because there could have been an accident that I was in? Or what if there's boots on my car because something had happened? What if there's boots on my car because I could have done something? Do you know what I mean? So I've been really practicing monitoring my thoughts and shifting these negative ass perspectives that oftentimes engulf us, makes us sad, makes us feel alone. You know what I mean? It's just an immediate shift. If you want something in this life, it's really going to take learning how to practice how to shift your thoughts mentally. Now, it's time to get into the nitty and gritty. I want to talk to you about how to organize your dreams, your goals, and your aspirations in a way that is going to work for you. When I was watching the masterclass with Elaine, she talked about creating a web, centering yourself as that web. So in the middle of that web, you put yourself there. I'm Janelle, right? So you put your name in the middle of the web. What you do is you draw legs from that web. You focus on things that you want to do. Focus on the big things. For instance, one of my webs is writer. So when I look at writer, I think to myself, how can I expand this? Okay, I can write a book. So we add book to that little bubble of that web. Another leg of the web could be, I want to get in shape. Let's say get in shape. Okay, so we put get in shape. And then from that web, you put, oh, let, I want to work out three to four times a week. There you go. So it's a building block. It's a building block to shape you who, to who you want to be and where you want to be. I ended up creating this plan for myself that completely helped me. I call it my four-month goal book. There are 12 months in a year, and I separate each of those into four months. So from January, February, March, and April, I focus on the things that I want to achieve. I feel like when the new year starts, we end up writing out these long ass lists of goals for 365 days in one year. And it's so overwhelming because who can fulfill all of that? There are so many things that are going to happen just in that one year. There are so many things that are going to go on. It's not realistic to even put that much pressure on yourself. So what you could do is you could learn how to split that, that year up into sections. And at the beginning of the year, I make sure to acknowledge and recognize the things in my life that I've been struggling with that I do want to change. Change is a slow, slow, slow thing. It's not something that just happens overnight. It's that's, that's not necessarily possible. If you do something impulsively and you make an impulsive change, you're more likely to revert back to those negative behavior instead of making gradual changes. I decided to start reading books more. I started decided, okay, this the first four months of the year, I want to read at least four books easy I can do that one that's one book a month I can do that I got a lot of free time that I be scrolling on social media so how about I just cut that thing off of me and focus on writing or reading so I wrote down books books that will help me too another thing that I wrote out was like okay I don't go to the gym at all what if I go to the gym just try to go to the gym at least three times a week that's an easy goal for me to achieve one thing that I also wrote was like well I've been wanting to start my podcast Instead of just jumping in right then and starting the podcast, like what if we just start the brainstorm these first four months of the podcast? So you want to use this plan as a way to brainstorm, as a way to set yourself up. So the first four months, you can use that as a way to really focus on these individual goals. When you're adding things to the list, like I want to lose 40 pounds this year, what does that look like? Like realistically, 
you have to set out you have to set the boundaries you have to set out the goals and you have to write out how you're going to achieve that that's what you have to do that's where you have to start because there's this man-made pressure where you have to do all of it at once where you have to keep up with it all at once and it's just bs your timing is your timing it doesn't need to be a new year for you to start over it can be today for you to start over and when it comes down to understanding who you are as, as a creative you have to set those boundaries you also have to say no to certain jobs and opportunities now don't get me wrong i understand some of us really do have to pay the bills we have to really focus on that but if you keep in mind that this is a goal that you want to achieve then do that I used to always tell myself that if I'm going to work a nine to five, which is something I will never do because that's just not me. N I'm not against anyone that does that. Don't get me wrong. But I literally said to myself, if I'm going to work a nine to five, it better be a nine to five in a, in a creative space because I need to be allowed to elevate as a creative. I'm not going to go work at a nine to five at a, at a tech company because for one, I don't understand tech. I didn't study tech and I don't like tech. But if you do like tech, that's the perfect thing for you. So whatever those goals are that you are trying to achieve, you have to make sure it's a building block to where you want to be legit because some people i hear a lot of my friends saying well i have to get the nine to five job to, to do this and do that but i'm just like okay is this nine to five job pushing you towards your dreams though because there's always going to be nine to five so get a nine to five job that's going to actually help you and be in a place that you want to be in this is something I, under I always think about i feel like when you when you work in certain careers and you take on certain career paths um, it can really, really, really alter you and stop you from understanding your zone of genius. You have to believe that you are good enough by focusing on that passion and feeling that passion. And if you trust in yourself enough, that is all you're going to be worried about. That's all you're going to be thinking about. I think also when it comes to, you know, debunking our dreams and running away from it, that's also imposter syndrome because you don't think you're good enough to fulfill it. And then you end up taking on career paths and you end up taking on de dead end jobs that you hate. You end up dealing with coworkers that are rude, aggressive. You end up having to, to change your hair. You end up having to assimilate. You end up having to deal with that racist boss who makes comments to you. You end up having to, to be dependent on certain people and, and certain bosses to write that that um that graduate letter that you need to go into school and all this different stuff and you have to say no to that never compromise who you are because we are literally on a floating rock in the middle of the goddamn universe <laughs> like literally we are on a floating rock there is something happening every single day. There is something going on every single day. So you might as well do what you want to do and you might as well focus on that because if you're going to fail at something, at least let it be something that you love and something that you care if about. If you really do think that you aren't good enough to follow your dreams, why is that? Like on some, some realness, why is that? Why don't you think that way? Like why, why don't you think that you're good enough? I cannot help but think about how women of color, despite everything that's going on in the world, we have made so much progression. And sometimes it's hard to see that when we are overfilled with with um, algorithms and social media platforms that don't necessarily reflect us. But come on, Ariel is black. Ariel is black. Tinkerbell is black. Like, y'all, we're killing it. We're killing it. And I think that understanding your zone of genius being a multi-hyphenated creator is beautiful because being a jack of all trades is beautiful it's just really about learning to find balance underneath all of that and i know it's hard 
I know it's difficult, but I 100% know that you will 100% figure it out. You got to be easy on yourself. You got to be kind with yourself. You got to be patient with yourself. And you always have to run back to your passion and creating a system that works for you, creating a four month goal plan that works for you. It's going to help remind you who you are. Anytime you have any moments of disparity or anytime you have any moments where you where you just feel alone and you aren't good enough, you got to run back to that. You got to run back to that drawing board and you really have to center yourself. And it's going to take a lot of healthy habits. It's going to take a lot of meditation. It's going to take a lot of boundaries for you to reel in, focus on what you're doing, because nothing is impossible when it comes down to God's timing, God's timing. And that's facts. I'm Janelle Roberts, and thank you so much for tuning in to the To All The People podcast. I know I was like rambling a little bit. I was stumbling over my words, y'all. It's just just one of those days. Like I'm having a great day today, I'm not gonna lie, but I've literally just been headfirst in my computer writing because I'm working on another book right now, and it's been literally swallowing me whole. Like I literally sit and write all day. I absolutely love it. That's what I can do for free. And my boyfriend comes home, and he's just like, you're still writing I'm like yeah and then we'll get in bed and like we'll watch tv and I'm like do you mind if I I just have like a little idea do you mind if I just write it down one second he's like fine go ahead do you you know what I mean but um yeah so excuse me I've been glued to my screen writing words instead of saying words so I hope this helps you understand your zone of genius I hope this helps you as a multi-faceted creator um I hope this helps center you.